Prairie Gardens is filled with the sights and fragrances of spring. The store and greenhouses look amazing, and we've got some great sale prices too. This week, artificial flowering bushes are now 50% off. Fresh in our greenhouses, live pansy hanging baskets are only $7.97, and fresh herb plants are four for $10. And all Yankee candles are now buy one, get one 50% off. Prairie Gardens, locally owned. Extraordinary gardening, home decor, boutique, framing, and now loaded with spring color. Oh, good morning, and welcome to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. I'm Tamara McDaniel here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign at the corner of Springfield and Duncan. So come on out and join us if you can. It's the spring open house. You can also phone in at 217-356-9397. That works out to 356-WDWS. Or you can text... 217-351-5357. Our experts today, you know them, you love them. It's Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. Good morning, John Wise. Good morning, Tamara. Hey, and Steve Brown, hey, good morning. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. And we have a special guest today from Proven Winners, Jessica DeGraff. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Jessica. You've joined us uh, in years prior and then I think last year, couple, last couple of years because of the pandemic. Exactly. We have yeah. been able to see you. So it's good to see you. It's yeah. great to see everyone here. You well, didn't know, back, but we I'm had glad. a Yay. Yeah. formal contest between Jessica and Jack DeVruman, who could get here the soonest. The soonest back after the, the pandemic. So Jessica. You win. I win. Jessica All right. <laughs> Tell her what she wins, Johnny. Uh, you get to be on the radio with the plant experts. <laughs> a, a shopping spree in the boutique. <laughs> there you go. Ooh, that's a cool. neat one. I was going to say, there's some great stuff up there. I, I was perusing as I was walking through. Isn't it beautiful? The whole store is gorgeous. It it's is. So we got today's the first day of open house. So it's uh, today, and we're open until 6 o'clock. And then it's also next Saturday. Yay. If you can't get here today for some reason, but you just got to see this place inside and out. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, why wouldn't you, you want to be here today? Yeah, this is, it's this not is like you're going to be hanging out in the garden. This is spring. Yeah. Inside Prairie Gardens and outside is spring. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Did you get to walk around, Jessica? So I did a little bit. I wanted to say, though, when we pulled into the parking lot, my husband dropped me off, and the forsythia, the forsythia are in <laughs> full bloom, <laughs> screaming yellow, and I, I had to walk that. right over Isn't there. Isn't that yeah, wild? It's just, it's I have just awesome. favorite proven winner forsythia. Show off, I think, is my favorite. Okay. Yeah, they're all wonderful. They Honestly, I can't believe how well they bloom. When that first, and I, if we could talk a little bit about proven winners and how it started and the directions it's gone over the years, a little bit. But when that first started to happen, I was kind of like, yeah, it's just another forsythia. But over the last ten years now, or twelve years, I don't remember how long they've been on the market. They're unbelievable. I mean, the the size, the 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 fact that you could use them in so many ways in the landscape. Yeah, for sure. It's just unbelievable because it's not this Honestly. six foot to eight foot to nine foot tall beast. There's it's a size a, to fit into any garden. It really is. Yeah, there the, is. the smallest. What's the smallest one, Jessica? So the smallest, I think, size wise, is going to be about two and a half feet. So yeah. see, that'll fit yeah. any almost anywhere. It does. So well, yeah. the, the density, the closeness of the flowers on the stem. That's what I yeah. love. How it's just the whole stem is just loaded with the color. Exactly. Yeah. And they're quarter size blooms. I mean, that's the other thing when you start thinking about the forsythia yeah. of old that you see out in the old farm, you know, in the almost at the edge of the, the field, you know, where the house is, they were just sparse, right? You'd see yellow, exactly. but you'd see between the, the blooms, and these are just stacked on top of one another. Yeah, you can't yeah. see between the blooms. That's exactly right. You mm-hmm. can't see the stem for the flowers. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. Well, I, you know, we've 
we've got a few things that are just in on the in the yard for cuts and that's their only purpose would be to cut and that i, I really need to plant a couple of those Some forcibia yeah. just to yeah. cut. better for, get on it that. that's great yeah <laughs> what's so cool about that is you can go out in february and cut some of those stems and you can bring them inside and you can force them into bloom that's cool yeah I did not what's, know that. What's the, I mean, no, it depends cool. upon how long and how cool it's, it becomes. Do you think if they had six weeks of vernalization, do you think they need more, like 8 or 10 or 12? Or what do you, would you think they would need as a minimum? I, I don't think it's that long. I don't think it's yeah, 12 weeks for sure. No, I would say probably in the 6 to 8 range yeah. would be my guess. I mean, we could find that information out for certain, but I don't think they need an yeah, extensive amount of time. Well, I just want to know how soon I can start gnawing on them next year <laughs> to, to cut them and bring them in. Yeah. 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 That'll be nice. I want to uh, let everyone know that they can go to prairiegardens.com slash provenwinners, and you can uh, take a look at some of the flowers and plants that uh, that she's going to be talking about today. Yeah, so Jessica's um, going to talk about the new for 2022 varieties that, that Proven Winners has out in just a, in just a second. But, yeah, prairiegardens.com forward slash provenwinners, mm-hmm. and you can just click on that link and go right to the presentation yeah so just real quick can you give us a couple minute overview of proven winners sure sure so proven winners was founded back in 1992 so we had three owners uh one was based in michigan one in new hampshire one in california and these gentlemen were really looking at you know the gardening industry at that point in time it was a lot of pack petunias right Uh, pack marigolds and really looking at how do we bring unique and different plants from all over the world to the market, but the biggest thing that we're concerned with as proven winners is how do you make that customer successful, right? How do you help people to garden um, and, and really be successful with plants? And so one of the things that we did is we searched the world for really new and unique genetics. Uh, my mom and dad have a garden center. I remember in 1992, I'm not going to tell you how old I was, Steve, in 1992. <laughs> um, a newborn. If, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, our sales rep came in and was talking to my mom about these plants, and, and she said, I, re- I d- distinctly remember, she said, oh, they're just weeds, right? They're never going to sell. You know, 30 years later, I work at Proven Winners, and there's over a 1,000 varieties. But the, the the real idea is to become a Proven Winner, a plant has to go through a really rigorous trial process. So uh, part of that process is um, we have trials in, in Florida, in California, um, at all of our facilities, so Michigan, New Hampshire, and then we work with universities across the country, um, the University of Illinois being one of those, um, really trying to make sure that before a plant is introduced to the market that it performs exceptionally well, uh, customers are going to be successful with them, and they're better. And so really looking to solve common problems that gardeners have. And so we have a whole lineup, annuals, perennials, flowering shrubs, caladiums, um, but really the number one thing, when you buy a proven winner's plant, you can be assured that they're going to perform, you're going to be successful with them, and, you know, we have very, I I call them rabid customers, right? They just love the brand, and they want to come back, and so uh, I did want to mention to your listeners, you know, Prairie Gardens has an extensive proven winner's assortment, the best in the area, and I would really highly recommend come on out, not just today, but throughout the spring and see what's happening. And it's, it's, I guess I expect the annuals to always be incredible, that you, that you have your name on, that you're offering. But the the perennials, the last five years, well, there's been outstanding. just so many good ones. It's yeah. just unbelievable. And and, then, and it just goes beyond hydrangeas. It's like so many different genus in the shrub family. Oh, for sure. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. But truly, the very best hydrangeas, which is a pretty big statement, 
the very best hydrangeas are from proven winners. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely true. I would true. agree with that, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty amazing. You know, you were talking about perennials, and, and, and Jessica, I knew that PW was into proven winners. I'm sorry, was into uh, the perennial thing. But it, it really struck me um, this last week because I got a lot of uh, perennials in, mm-hmm. which I don't usually get right now because they're mostly dormant. Right. But I have so much proven winner perennials right now, I cannot begin to tell you. It is just <laughs> amazing. And they all look really strong. I mean, the root systems are just fabulous. I can't wait for them to break dormancy. And, and it's just so, so Jessica is not only on the radio show with us uh, today, folks, but for the spring open house, she has a presentation in the store at 10 o'clock this morning. And that's going to be about uh, garden challenges and then coming up with solutions to those challenges. And uh, during that seminar, she's got free idea books from Proven Winners she'll be handing out. Uh, she's got some coupons that are uh, taking an extra five bucks off any of the PW perennials that are out there that Marianne was just uh, <laughs> talking about. Uh, two bucks off some of the PW annuals like that. And uh, so, again, as we get into some of the new items for 2022, uh, some of those, I, I, I think we have some of the new perennials out there right now. Oh, a ton of them. For, for sure. Absolutely. For this year. So, Absolutely. Anyway, if you want to see the pictures of what Jessica is talking about, proven, go to prairiegardens.com forward slash proven winners. There's a link there. You can click on it, and there's almost 40 slides on there that yeah. you can see through. So. I got to watch it. It's just fabulous. I've, I've looked at it several times, Jessica. Thank you. I just love it. Oh, you're most welcome. You know, and something I did want to mention, you know, Marianne talked a lot about perennials. And one of the biggest things that we've been working on is what we call this frost to frost concept. So Ooh, nice. from from the time that, you know, we're done with our last frost in spring until the first frost in the fall, we have perennials and shrubs that are in bloom and that have multiple seasons of interest. Because you know, a lot of times with perennials, you think about those, they flower two, three, maybe four weeks, and yeah, they're done. exactly. Oh, yeah. And so we're looking at, you know, maybe it's a longer flower time, or maybe it's just different characteristics. Maybe the foliage is sure. interesting, or there's other things that throughout the season, you're getting more more interest from some of those varieties. That's really interesting, because there's a whole, uh, many books written about um, succession gardening, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's something, I've given presentations on that to, to different groups, and it's, it's really interesting to start putting that kind of thing together because there's it isn't just about flowers exactly you know foliage is hot as you guys know absolutely absolutely and anywhere from tropicals to to the perennials and trees and shrubs yeah foliage is is what it's about that gets a lot of your color exactly and it's always absolutely. in color that's the beauty yeah. of that yeah. exactly yeah texture oh there's lots of texture in that too so yeah yeah, yeah. so okay new oh, stuff ahead, no yeah. i'm just saying we'll let you start talking about some of the new items that you're excited about because it's already 8.25. So we're going to skip through some slides. So what I'll try to do as we're talking about some of these varieties is reference the slide number because I know a number of folks are going to have this in front of them. And so since we're talking about foliage, I wanted to talk a little bit about caladiums. Um, We we have a series that we call the Heart to Heart Collection. And so obviously that's a playoff of caladium leaves look very much, uh, they're very heart shaped. Um, But something that's unique and different about our caladiums is they really have a tropical feel. But they're grown in Florida. And, Marianne, I don't know if you knew this, but they're grown in full sun in Florida. Mm -hmm. No way. I did not know that. Yeah. So Terry's told us that. Okay, so I don't pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. I was really interested. So the way that they're grown in Florida, it's really, really interesting because if you think about Florida, obviously we have hurricanes, right? And so one of the biggest issues is uh, a caladium is a bulb, right? If it's grown in the ground and we have a lot of moisture, what happens? That bulb tends to want to rot, especially if we have hurricane-type weather. 
So all of our fields are laser leveled. They're all raised. And so they're basically, it almost looks like when you grow potatoes, right? You know how you hill a potato? Same exact way. They're grown that way in full sun. And so caladiums traditionally are shade plants. That's how I, w- sure. I grew up yeah, kind sure. of knowing Absolutely. them. And the other thing that I always disliked about them as a kid, right, is if you had the least bit of wind, they ripped apart. Absolutely. And you guys don't get any wind here, do you? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. It's another it's nice calm morning here yeah. in <laughs> central Illinois, right? Yeah, you know, my car was blowing all over the place coming down from Michigan yesterday. But So these caladiums are really beefy. Um, they've, they've got really good texture. Uh, We've got more than 20 varieties in them, but the thing that I really love is a a wide range of color, everything from really dark scarlets to pure white. Um, So really a color, you know, as John was mentioning, foliage is hot, and there's a color for any application. What I love about where you're at versus where I live in Michigan is you guys get hot way sooner than we do, and you have warm nights, right? Yeah. And so these these plants love, love, love the heat. The hotter, the better. So as a gardener then, because you are a mm-hmm. true gardener, uh, would you go ahead, since these are produced in the full sun, would you go ahead and recommend them for uh, consumers to so plant them in the full sun as well I if would. they choose? I would. So the, our, every tag, every Proven Winners tag has um, basically the, the suggested light for plants. The only varieties that I would say please don't plant them in full sun are going to be the white varieties, much like a hosta or or some of the um, heucheras that are chartreuse in color. If they get a little bit too much sun, they tend to burn. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely plants like, if you look at slide number four, hot to trot, it's a really deep red. Um, another one that I really really love um, is Burning Heart. It's almost a copper color with, with um, splotches on it. I that's, mean, just that's uh, yeah, I love that. our favorite. Ugh. You know, I didn't name these either because somebody named something Hot Flash, but it, it does look like a hot flash. <laughs> I can only say you didn't name that, yes. <laughs> but, you know, it starts as a green on the margin and then it just flushes into that really dark red as it goes across the leaf. But a lot of really great colors. Um, the thing I love about caladiums, you can use them in the landscape. You can also use them in your mixed containers. And I think... Love them. You know, I think as a centerpiece, it's just a different look. Absolutely it is. So if it's in the landscape, extra attention to mending the soil, because we have pretty heavy clay soils yes. around here. Yeah. And uh, so extra organic matter, if you can, just to make sure it drains away well. Yeah. And, and some moisture, too. I think you want to make sure that's the one thing they do. But but they, they thrive. So the, the hotter, the better. One key tip with caladiums, certainly do not plant them outside when night temperatures are going to be below about 65. They just oh, don't for care sure. for yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, there is one fun one. If you go to slide five, it's called Clowning Around. It really does look like a circus. I mean, I don't know that you could pick better colors um, on that caladium. But over 20 varieties, highly, highly recommend. If you love foliage, try the Heart to Heart collection. Yeah. Sometimes you have to buy something just because of the name. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you do. You do. So, question for you. Do, you. do you guys, just proven winners, ever, because over time you might, continue to develop more and more good varieties mm-hmm. does anything ever fall off the list because hey we've got six new ones we're even more excited about than yeah that one or this one yeah so that's a great question so they, they do they certainly do but the one thing that we try to be very cognizant of is there's nothing worse than you you know as a homeowner you buy a plant you love that plant you go into the garden center the next year and they don't have it and and so one of the things that we really try to look at is longevity so if there's an improvement we will definitely bring it to market but we try to do our due diligence on the front end of that to make sure the plants that we're selecting do have that longevity vista bubblegum one of our top selling varieties um that has been on the market for over 15 years um and and very likely will 
will stay in the market for another 15. It's, I it's don't just doubt that. Oh, it, it would be an uprising a, yeah. in the gardening community <laughs> oh, if sure. you decided not to. It, it would. Exactly. Produce it. And that's, you know, not to jump ahead, but I, I was asking Jessica about this new Supertunia Vista series, Jazzberry. It's a different color than I, and I was talking about the sm- flowers being smaller than what I, we don't have any bubblegum in stock right now, but, and she said, no, that's just because it was grown cold and early, but this, the flower oh. will be as large as okay. bubblegum. Yeah. And okay. it's just as aggressive. It is just as aggressive. So for those of you at home, if you sneak to slide 15 and, uh, actually slide 15, you'll see Vista Jazzberry. So this is exciting. Um, many of you know Vista Bubblegum. It's that plant that you're going to see at 50 miles an hour, right? When you drive by, you know Vista Bubblegum. That's she is Jack DeVruman. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> you know, it, but it's just that bright bubblegum pink. You know, I've got a great story about bubblegum. I've got a neighbor, and she kills everything. I love her dearly. But <laughs> she comes to my house every year, and she says, you know, bring me some plants, please. So I take her plants every year. And this uh, two years ago, at the 4th of July, she came over, and her house is past mine on the street, so I never drive by it. And uh, she said, come on, come on, come down to the mailbox. And I thought, oh, great, it's going to be dead. You know, I gave her three Vista bubblegums. So I gave her bubble gum, and I also gave her fertilizer. And I said, you know, fertilize it every three or four times you water. So I go over there, and Vista Bubblegum has climbed the mailbox. It is over top of the mailbox. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And you have to move it to get, you know, the, the, the mail pit. in and out. And I said, holy cow, what did you do? And she said, well, I fertilize it every time I water it. So I said, how many times are you watering? Well, two to three times a day. So the moral of the story with Vista Bubblegum is it will eat a small child, right? Uh, The more you fertilize it, (laughs) the more you fertilize it, you know, the more it's going to grow. But the thing I love about it, you know, for you as a homeowner is, you know, it'll spread three to four feet. You want to talk about bang for your buck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. Oh, yeah, honey. That's the plan. And so if this one is just as good... That color is just dynamite, isn't it? I like that color yeah, and a it's, lot. Yeah, and it's so hard on the slide because it looks, I think, as you guys can see here, it looks a little bit pink, but this is really more of, uh, it has definitely a purple undertone, and, and yeah. even when you get into the flower itself, you know, it's got this the darker purple venation. Yeah. 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 You know, and... I don't know about you guys. I, while I like pink, pink is not my favorite color. Mine either. And so, you know, as, as I'm sitting here with everyone with, with their purple shirts on, I think jazzberry <laughs> really fits more of that purple tone. Well, like you were pointing outside in the, in the greenhouse there, it plays well with the Vista snowdrift. And, and so that white and the purple together. And so I know we didn't get on this variety early enough to try it with some of the petunia baskets that Linda's growing. So we've got Vista Snowdrift, and we've got Royal Velvet, and we've got Bubblegum, of course, and we have the Vista Trio, and we have a number of things growing out there. So mm-hmm. she's going to at least take a few of these and trial them. Oh, nice. Um, That'll be fun. And so at least, but we already got the trial from Jessica, so she says thumbs up. It's going to be as aggressive. So it's definitely going to be on the menu for next year. <laughs> Can't Absolutely. wait. So, yeah. But anyway, we do have it in stock right now. If somebody wants to snatch one, and again, when Jessica's doing their seminar at 10 o'clock, she'll be handing out some coupons so you can save an extra two bucks off an annual like that from Proven Winners. So. Yeah. And, and the cool thing with these, they love full sun. They will take uh, some partial shade, but really more of a sun-loving plants. Love, love, love fertilizers. So really highly recommend with all annuals, frankly. Um, as you're looking at, you know, if you want your plants to look as great as the day you bought them at Prairie Gardens, make sure that you're you're purchasing, you know, a, a liquid feed fertilizer. And, and there's several that you guys offer. What, what do you guys recommend for your fertilizer here? Absolutely. Well, certainly anything that's grown in a container, mm-hmm. you want to definitely because you're watering all the time you're taking the nutrients out of that soil yeah so 
We, I, we, go ahead. Go ahead you go ahead. Oh, no, no. No, you. after you. Okay. So I recommend that to com- customers all the time, and they look at me like I'm just crazy. I might be crazy, but that is true. You've got to... They, tropicals, annuals, they respond so well to fertilizer. So right. We typically will be incorporate a granular slow release into the potting mix mm-hmm. yes. and then use a water soluble in addition to that gotcha. if you really want the most performance. Yeah. Yep. You know, I always say, think about it like, you know, if you've got a child at home, yes, they can live on bread and water, but they're not going to thrive, right? And so it's the same thing with a plant, right? You want to feed them, you know, the, the fruits and the vegetables, which are in essence, you know, all of those nutrients that they're sure. going to need uh, from from a fertilizer. So uh, the Vista series, any of the Vista varieties, Supertunia Vistas are going to be just dynamite performers. That's awesome. So we talked about foliage. Another one that, that Prairie Gardens has here in stock today is a new coleus called El Brito. Um, and it is. <laughs> it, is it is bright. So the thing I love about coleus, again, foliage plant, um, this will go from full sun to full shade. So you have a ton of application with it. Um, the other thing that I really like is coleus varies substantially in color depending on the light level that oh, yeah. you get. So the higher the UV light, so the, the more full sun that you have, the more burgundies that you're going to see. But if you if you flip to, and let me find the slide here, slide nine, what's really cool about this is you've got chartreuse, you've got green, you've got orange, you've got maroon. I mean, we pretty much cover almost all of the colors of the rainbow. And even in early spring, we do see some pinks on some of the varieties. I was just going to say, I don't see any pink in there, but you, you got a it little, in there. A little <laughs> bit, a little bit. Um, but it is a vigorous variety. So the thing with, with the coleus to try to remember is if you're going to use it in a container use it as a centerpiece uh, but you can pinch your coleus back a little bit so if they tend to get a little too oh, yeah. large oh yeah I, I i'd like to pinch mine back but you know what i love about these varieties is they don't flower early so when you think about coleus right we're growing them for the foliage not the flower exactly and so coleus flowers while they are there they're pretty negligible they're not very pretty and so what we like to, to to do is to recommend that customers pinch well nobody wants to do maintenance right and so when we select our coleus we're selecting varieties that flower very very late in the season and so the beauty of that is all of their energy is going into the foliage production not into flowers makes sense that's cool yeah, yeah. I, I would think that choosing a a new coleus might almost be more difficult than any other category to to distinguish why it deserves a a higher place than another one but you guys have some really really cool ones for sure it is tough it is tough but we really we love them um you know a a couple of the varieties that i wanted to point out i know sunflowers are obviously very popular right now uh, for a number of reasons and so we do have a new sunflower if you flip to slide 11 this is called suncredible saturn so Let me interrupt real quick and just remind our listeners that they can go to prairiegardens.com forward slash proven winners and that's where you will find these slides that Jessica is talking about and you can see all of the products uh, that we're discussing including the including the jazzberry petunia we just finished up on this is Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live, and feel free to phone in with any questions regarding these new products from Proven Winners at 217-356-9397 or text us at 217-351-5357. Okay, thanks, Jessica. Oh, no worries. No worries. What slide number did you say, dear? Pardon me? What slide number? I said slide number 11. So this is Suncredible Saturn. So when we think about sunflower, we think of the iconic yellow, but... What I do love about a lot of the new sunflowers on the market, and there are, there are several, um, is that these aren't the traditional you know sunflower where you have the one primary bloom, massive flower head. These are sunflowers that literally are loaded from the bottom of the plant to the top of the plant with blooms 
from spring through first frost. And so what makes Saturn cool, think about Saturn and its rings. So Incredible Saturn has a nice yellow pat, or yellow um, petal color, and then we have almost a rusty eye around uh, the center of the plant. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. does sound like it. Yeah. Uh, on the sunflower, mm-hmm. wouldn't you, or we should recommend to the customers to really do some deadheading on those? So... That's a great point, John. You can. Uh, they will continue to bloom. Certainly with the sunflowers, we do encourage, you know, if you deadhead a little bit, you're going to get a lot better flush of, of rebloom on that for sure. But the these the, the genetics sort of behind this were really meant to, even if the customer doesn't pinch them, to continue to send those lateral buds so you're getting good bloom coverage. But that's a great question. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that they only get up to about two and a half to three feet max yeah because if they i just get overwhelmed with the really tall sunflowers <laughs> there's nothing like looking up five feet to see a, a flower right, right? <laughs> well and they keep kids out of things too i had some i planted some and it, they almost created a hedge like a two-foot hedge and they kept my seven-year-old from kicking the soccer ball oh, into certain funny. areas that's so, awesome. mm-hmm. so if you need to keep kids out of things it's a great hedge. Cool. <laughs> a non-harmful hedge <laughs> yeah yes. there you go yeah Not like some people might put up Never. <laughs> uh, Me? I, I sense a story here. This is great. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's <laughs> talking about. So there's one more annual I wanted to, to talk about, and then we can jump into maybe a few perennials and shrubs. But um, it's a new salvia. And if you uh, flip to slide number 16, this is called Unplugged Pink. Um, and the reason I love salvia so much, they are just bulletproof, right? They take a ton of abuse. Um but a lot of times annual salvia, what we struggle with is they're huge, right? When you think about black yeah. and blue, some of the other varieties, they get so overwhelming in a container that they sort of eat everything else up in that container. Um, and so unplugged pink is really unique in that it is only about two feet tall and wide. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But it is pink. It is pink. Okay. So if you know rock and fuchsia, <laughs> it's a variety that we have. Yes. Um, rock and fuchsia is great, but it, it's it's a beast. It's really tall. It's going to be close three and a half to four feet tall. It yeah. spreads very vigorously. The thing, the reason, I guess I should say, that I love unplugged pink so much is I love hummingbirds. Um, yeah. I will plant anything for a hummingbird. <laughs> yeah. And these varieties are just a magnet. When you look at the flower shape, that throated perfect. flower, it's perfect for hummingbirds and for other pollinators as well. That's great. Hmm. That is a great thing to put in your garden. I love the hummingbirds too, honey. I just, I have, I have feeders everywhere. It's the only bird I feed. The others, they're, you know, I'll plant things for them, yeah. but not feeders, but. I'm going to plant this salvia, even though it's pink. You should. And, you know, I've got a little tidbit. When I was walking through the annuals, I see that there are Kufia vermilionaire out there. Yes. And that's another great hummingbird plant. And they sell fast. So if you really want them, there are some great ones out in the greenhouse right now. Yes. I put those in a a mixed container last year. Mm -hmm. And right there by the tomato that the squirrels that I put out for the squirrels. And the hummingbirds were all over it. Just love it. They love it. You know, it's interesting. We were at a show, a trade show, and we had a hummingbird actually fly into the trade show following Vermillionaire uh. from outside. So that tells you how much they, they like couldn't them. buy that publicity. <laughs> really? No. Seriously? We, we certainly couldn't. Um, Let's go ahead and go to the phone lines now. Three five six nine three nine seven, Because Sherry's calling in from Savoy. Sherry, thank you for your patience. We appreciate it. Uh, sure. Sure. Um, I just want to mention that... Um, Proven Winners puts out a, and I don't know how come I get it, but the Gardener's Idea book, maybe I've ordered something online, I don't know. And the, the thing I especially like about it is, I mean, they're all beautiful, and they have different sections. I'm looking at the 
uh, tips for choosing container companions right now, but they tell you what they have in it, and in other parts of this little booklet, they show you and, and they give you the tips for planting a successful container garden, you know, like the, the right sun or shade, the right amount of moisture, uh, what grows this and everything. Um, and it's fairly easy to follow. Uh, so my con- they, mine don't turn out quite like these for sure, but it does list all the things. that they've- So if you find a particular container garden in this booklet, you just go out to Prairie Gardens and it lists the plants that are in it. I, I think that's very helpful to uh, us who struggle as gardeners. And I one agree other thing with you I totally. want to mention. Thank you, and thanks for the booklet. Um, last, uh, I think it was last year. I don't know how often this comes out, actually, but um, the house there was a house on Prospect that was featured on the cover of this uh, 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 gardener's idea book. So I don't know if anybody noticed or not, but uh, it was. Uh, it's a beautiful picture and quite a privilege, I thought, to, since they're not really, you know, headquarters here, uh, real close. So anyhow, so I so, thank you. I love your plants, and I've awesome. been looking for them for a long time. So thanks for being on. Well, thank you. So one fun fact, um, one of our, so our designer, uh, his name is Ron Walder. He actually lives here in Champaign. Yeah, and so a lot of the houses that you see in the Gardener's Idea book, we put that oh. together every year. He actually goes out and he works with, with a number of homeowners in the area and, and finds um, their actual homeowner locations. And he does all of the planting. He does all of the design work. Uh, just a super, super talented guy. So for those of you here in the local area, it's fantastic that it, those, are, those are homes that are, are, are very local, which is great. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm. Yeah. So, well, thank you again for being on. Very helpful. Oh, thank you. Thanks Have for the good call. Day, everybody. And that <laughs> idea, that idea book she was talking about, Jessica will have those to hand out free at the uh, ten o'clock seminar. And just a helpful hint: I have not even gotten my hands on a an idea book for this season yet. So you guys are getting them um, like this is like hot off of the presses. All right, so. we'll let we'll let cool. you have one. Okay, I was going to say I, I at least want to take one home. I've I've seen the digital copy, but I'm excited to see the actual you know physical copy okay. here. I understand that <laughs> you can actually hold in your hands and just peruse through. Yeah. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text three five one. 5357 for Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. We have uh, Jessica DeGraff here from Proven Winners, and you can follow along at prairiegardens.com forward slash proven winners and uh, see the slideshow and see uh, what plants it is that she's ta- referring to during this discussion. So let's talk a little bit about perennials. I know we were talking about perennials a little bit earlier. Yeah. So I love hardy hibiscus. I don't know about you guys, but oh, yeah. hardy hibiscus are just unbelievable. So there's a collection that we have called the Summerific Series. And what's really unique about these, they're actually um, they're bred and developed right in Michigan. So on the west side of Michigan, right along, uh, basically along the lakeshore in full sand, right? Uh, we produce about a million hardy hibiscus every year. Um, and what's a million? A million. A, a million. So Holy think cow. about 400 acres of just nothing but hardy hibiscus. Wow. <laughs> so what's amazing is in August when they're in full bloom, think about a 400-acre parcel that is just nothing but dinner plate-sized blooms of every color you can imagine. Holy cow. So you need to come up. 
Oh, okay. I think so. I'm there. Road trip. (laughs) But, you know, what's really neat about summerific hibiscus, um, and and when we think about hibiscus, I think a lot of times we think about the tropical hibiscus that are coming up out of Florida, and they're beautiful, but they're smaller. You know, the the bloom size is is smaller. What's really unique about hardy hibiscus is they're very hardy here. Um, The bloom size, anywhere from six to eight inches. It reminds me, you know, dinner plate dahlias. Yeah. So it reminds me of a dinner plate dahlia in terms of size. But what I really love about them is really large overlapping petals. They're just a showstopper. I mean, they're that one plant that your neighbor's going to walk over and go, holy cow, what in the world is is that? that? So they're grown in a basically just sand up there from a production standpoint. But as far as for homeowners, gardeners, what kind of soil would you recommend? So you're definitely going to want to amend it. So I have a very heavy clay soil at my house as well. Hibiscus like wet feet, right? They they definitely like a lot of moisture. So the one thing that we really kind of recommend is, is you know, while we want a nice, well-drained soil, we we do want to make sure that it does hold some some moisture there as well. So I would say a little bit of a heavier soil is is pretty good. Um, If you have a sandy soil, the the biggest thing with that is make sure that you're you're managing your moisture levels. And what will often happen with hibiscus, if they're getting dry, you'll start to see a little bit of tip burn on the leaf. And then if it's really, really dry, it's what we would say the actual flower bud actually aborts, right? It falls off the plants. So if you start seeing that before they flowered, you know we've got some moisture issues. Full sun. Full sun. Yes. Do not No matter even with the darkest foliage or anything. Full, 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 full sun. And that's something, you brought up foliage, Steve, which is amazing. So the old hibiscus were all green-leaved varieties. Sure. And, and some that had a little bit of a, maybe a little bit of a purple tint to them. Now what we're looking at, so if you look at slide 22, this is called Edge of Night. Um, take a look at that foliage. It is black. It is pitch black. Um, the one wow. thing I wanted to mention, though, is when you're purchasing them at the garden center, a lot of times hibiscus are grown, sometimes they're grown outside, sometimes they're grown in the greenhouse. When they're grown in the greenhouse, the light levels aren't as high, and the foliage will look green. So we get a lot of questions about, you know, this is not dark foliage. So put it outside, give it a couple of weeks. As you get those really high light levels, the foliage turns to a really dark bronze or almost black. What's really cool about Edge of Night, though, is its size. So the hibiscus of old, you know, five, six, seven feet tall by five, six, seven feet yeah. wide. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but my yard is not big enough. Mine either. So the cool thing about this one is, you know, three to three and a half feet tall and wide. But check this out. Like, it is loaded from the bottom of the plant to the top of the plant with those massive flowers. Wow. So I made my son last year. I I, I shamelessly put him on Instagram because he's seven, right? And so I had his face (laughs) next to the flower. And and the flower was as big as his head, you know. I mean, it's amazing. And 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 what is the the flower color on Edge of Night? I don't have the slide in front of me. It's a rose a strong rose coloration with a uh, deeper uh, kind of a wine so throat. So against that dark foliage. Oh, stunning. The color contrast is incredible. Yeah. Just beautiful. So the other thing I love about it, too, is if you look at, if you're looking at the, the slide deck itself, so a hibiscus flower generally, the first day it's beautiful. The second day it's starting to sort of uh, upsize. By the third day it's it falls off the plant. They're self-cleaning. But what's really neat is the, the bract basically that's holding that flower is like a lime green. So you get that lime green oh, against cool. the dark foliage. So even when it's not flowering, you've got that foliage contrast. Cool. It, interesting. Who would have thought about the, the remains of a, the flower? The whole business of a flower would be interesting as well. Yeah. That's really cool. It is cool. And I like the idea of being self-cleaning. I wish my house were like that. <laughs> oh, you and me both. You know, so one tip, though, and I know you guys probably get this question all the time, is my hibiscus dead, right? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hibiscus are really, really late. So, so they're one of the latest perennials to emerge in the spring. And so um, what I would say to you is if you're thinking, well, my hibiscus hasn't come back, it's dead, please, please, please leave it for another two to three weeks. What happens is as you start to get those really nice warm temperatures, as the soil warms up, hibiscus grow quick. Yes, they do. Uh, they'll put a few inches on a day as you go into that, that peak season. So just make sure, give them a little bit of time before you decide you're going to pull those out. Because I've had a lot of customers bring hibiscus in that are that are alive, right? But yes. they thought they were dead because they hadn't emerged in spring. Well, nope. okay, true confessions. I've dug up more than one hibiscus thinking it was dead. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm right there. Or it, it's terribly late. you maybe didn't really think it was, but you just couldn't wait. I needed to move on. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, move you on. wanted to move so anyway. It could be that. So <laughs> if, if some Somebody's fortunate to have a pond or a water feature in their backyard because they do take wet feet. Yep. Uh, how could you use it in a pond setting? Could you? Right on the margin. Right on the margin. Oh, they that would love be cool. So, yeah. awesome. I mean, they literally could have be in standing water. In essence, yeah. I mean, they, they could. I would tell you, I like them on the margin, just sort of an in-between, not super soggy wet feet, right. but where they've got adequate moisture, they will take as much as they want. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot like, you know, when you think about lobelia, yes. perennial lobelia is another, I would say it's very comparable to a perennial lobelia in terms of how, in, in the moisture level it so will take. not Michigan lithrum. No. It's not going to be in the waterways. No. on the edge. No, definitely. But but on the edge, I would highly recommend. If you've got a really moist spot, they do like it. But uh, even in Michigan, really heavy, heavy, heavy clay soil I have, and, and mine thrive very well. I will say nice. with a heavy clay soil, though, they tend to be a little bit more compact, as do my hostas, right? They just sure, they like a little, bit, um, a little bit more of a, a loamy soil, but hibiscus are very easy to grow. That's exciting. Yeah. Yes, it is. Very I didn't realize cool. they took so much water, I think, that or tolerate that much water. They love actually. water. Love it. Cool. Yep. And they're a flower that just make such a dramatic impact on the oh, garden. On that's an understatement, yeah. Well, Marianne always talks about that tropical feeling. Mm-hmm. Close as you can get. And they're yeah. the essence of that, that's really, exactly for a Midwest right. gardener. Yeah. And color range, everything from, we have a, a variety called ballet slippers that is uh, white with sort of a little bit of a blush tint on the edge of the flower, red eye. All the way up to, you know, we've got Edge of Night, which is that really nice, bright, vibrant pink. And then we have some varieties. Uh, Holy Grail is actually called Holy Grail because it is a screaming scarlet red flower against dark foliage. That's awesome. So, yes, it really is the Holy Grail. The true Holy Grail of hibiscus breeding is black foliage in a pure white flower. And we're close, but not, maybe give us a year or two and we'll be there. Close counts. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. It is. Wait. It is. So tell me, guys, do you grow a lot of flocks? Do, do your customers grow a lot of flocks here? Upright. Upright. Oh. So like garden flocks? Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay. So what's the biggest issue, I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, do you see mildew issues with flocks here? Oh, never. That's, <laughs> it's guaranteed. That's, yeah, almost yeah. guaranteed. It comes, yeah. It comes, yeah, we, yeah. 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 So we, we see it too, obviously. So a lot of our perennial breeding is done in, in Michigan. Uh, and, and one of the biggest things, obviously, is as we get into those summer months, you've got those really hot days. Uh, and, of course, we've got, you know, if, if there could be 150% humidity, we have it. Um, and, and those nights are just muggy and they're, they're nasty. Well, that's like the perfect condition for, you know, powdery mildew on flocks. And powdery mildew looks like just sort of that white, 
sort of just a coating almost on the leaves of phlox. And unfortunately, you've got these beautiful garden phlox with these large flower heads, and all the foliage just looks really crummy. Yeah. Yep. So one of the things we were working on is, you know, when we plant our phlox, when we trial them, we put them in the worst possible condition. So they go next to our river, right? So think about the moisture level, the humidity sure. near the river. Um, and we actually try to inoculate. So basically, we're putting them next to plants that have powdery mildew because we want to see if they're susceptible they don't continue on so but if grow, they grow somebody else's flocks next to your flocks yes. and see if it can yes come on interesting yep. Yeah, and that, we're trying to kill them. I mean, that really the trial process is if we can't kill it, we know you're going to be successful. Survival of the fittest. Survival right? of yeah. the fittest, mm-hmm. exactly. So we've got a new variety. We have a series that we call Luminary. So Luminary are those tall garden flocks, not flocks subulata or those small sort of uh, creeping flocks. We're talking the big, bad garden flocks. And so Luminary, we have a new variety we call Backlight. And I love white. Um, actually, in the Gardener's Idea book this year, we have a whole moon garden spread. Um, and we found nice. that white is really popular, and I think that is because, well, let's face it, we work all day. The only time we're in our garden is at night. Yep. And so what stands out at night? White does. White, white does, and it's calming. I think it's very, it's a very understated color, um, and, and so we're, we're seeing a lot of white. And so what I love about backlight is it's a pure white. We're not talking cream. We're not talking dirty white. We are talking pure you know white like we're talking wedding gown white and so um, many people know flocks david you know they know some other sure. varieties and the the problem with david is it's a mildew issue and so dark green foliage pure white flowers and what i do love about them is even when the flowers are spent right when the flowers are sort of starting to upsize they're not dirty they sort of they, they keep a nice, clear white. That's the problem with white a lot of times. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So cool colors. There's a lot of colors in the luminary. Opalescence is a pink with a dark pink eye. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for garden flocks that have great disease resistance, pick up luminary. And, and the general size range for this series? So the those series? are they're actually a little more compact, so kind of more on that two to two and a half foot range. So really, because the foliage stays in such great shape mm-hmm. and the flowers have the behavior where they start to decline where it's still clean, really incorporating those in an annual container it'd be appropriate size wise if it's a larger container they sure. should play nice with everything else sure and uh, i'm just trying to think of how if i if i had a, a largely white and textural based combo you know how many other upright tall white flowers could i get that would be a great addition to it yeah it's a pretty short list Can't I think, think of any yeah a little so limited. this this sounds like um Unless you put it on a trellis. Yeah. Yeah. You could. You know, I, I love flocks, and there's a lot of other great perennials, but Stephen mentioned hydrangeas, and I know hydrangeas are, they really are. When you think about the most iconic flower, it's a hydrangea flower, right? Mm-hmm. And so we work very hard. We have a, a company that we work with in Michigan as well, so they're in Grand Haven, Michigan, so again, right on the lakeshore, uh, and they've developed just a huge assortment of of um, hydrangeas, everything from hydrangea paniculata to arborescence. But I wanted to point out one really cool paniculata or panicle type hydrangea because the thing I love about hydrangea paniculatas are they're really hard to kill, right? They are probably the easiest hydrangea for you as a customer to grow. Yep. Um, but there's a new variety called Little Lime Punch. Have you guys seen this yet? Yes. <sighs> it is... <laughs> Oh. She's got a big grin. <laughs> I, yes, I have, and it's gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. Face. 
So limelight, a lot of people know limelight, right? Sure, That's sure. that really cool, you know, chartreuse lime color, you know, that, that comes out. And then it sort of transitions to more of a, a white and then a pink in the fall. You can cut them. You can use them for dried arrangements. Little Lime Punch is like limelight, but smaller. So it's only three to five feet tall. You can actually grow it in a container and overwinter it in a container, which I love. Oh. But what's really neat about this is if you all look, take a look at slide number 30, so what you see, there's two photos on that slide. So the photo on the left, Little Lime Punch, when it, the flower emerges, it does have a little bit of chartreuse, and it's a nice white color. But then when you hit mid-July into early August, guess what happens? Take a look at the photo on the right, and you start to see there's this blush color that starts to creep up the flower, mm -hmm. and then it turns like pomegranate red. So wow. you've got everything from white to white and pink to pomegranate. I love that. Uh, that sounds so cool. Yeah. Right. I, I used to I love my little, we little limes, but now I, it's like I have to get rid of my little limes and put in little lime punch. <laughs> Jessica DeGraff, Proven Winners, thank you so much. Oh, hey. And a quick reminder that Jessica is going to be here uh, later this morning giving a presentation at 10 a.m.? 10 a.m. Okay. Are we gardening challenges and know, solutions. Oh, we've got a lot of uh, Come out and see us today at the Spring Open House at Prairie Gardens. Open until 6 o'clock today. That's right. You can win your favorite favorite garden wish for free. They've got thousands and thousands of fresh flowers in the greenhouses and a lot of exclusive open house Saturday specials. Like I want to go get some gardening gloves for 99 cents. Suck up on those. You've been listening to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens with Marianne Metz, John Weisgarver, Steve Brown, Jessica Giraffe. Thank you again. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our producer is Dave Leak. We have Saturday Sports Talk up next and a podcast of the show will be available later today at WDWS.com. Have a great weekend. You're invited to Prairie Garden Spring Open House this Saturday. See thousands of spring flowers in our greenhouses. Choose your favorite garden wish and win it free, worth about $800. There will be exclusive open house sale prices, and the entire team of Prairie Garden's plant experts will be on hand to answer all of your gardening questions. Don't miss it. Prairie Garden Spring Open House this Saturday. Prairie Gardens, locally owned. Extraordinary gardening since 1964. Springfield and Duncan Champagne.